On today's podcast, we do another segment of No One Asked Us, covering a news article topic that has been on the rounds recently. Today, we are covering the recent one about eggs and the fact that the belief of eggs causing blood clots, which is something we need to dive into a little bit more. So listen to today's episode and understand why you should not shy away from those wonderful eggs. Live your life within the moment, moment, and don't go wait until the morning, morning, you never know when it is over, over. Welcome to the Food Code, and welcome to our newest segment, No, no One Asked, asked Us. us. <laughs> <laughs> we like to give our opinion on lots of things, let's be honest. Um, but on the Food Code, obviously, if you've been a listener for a while, you know If you have not, let us let you know. We talk all things health, female health especially, hormones, gut health, detox, and food and nutrition. And we are both in the functional space. Liz is a nutrition therapy practitioner. I am a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And we are ready to get... I'm a a little heated Mm -hmm. about these silly news articles that keep coming out. (laughs) And so on our segment today, we are going to review a new one that has been floating around in the past couple of weeks. Yes. And so we do podcasts, you know, ahead because we run a business working with all of our clients. And so by the time that you are hearing this on February 8th, it's a few weeks past, but we are currently talking about the headline that is running rampant. Uh, I've seen it several times on social media and the headline reads blood clots compound found in eggs linked to an enhanced risk of blood clotting. Uh, This is ironic, maybe not, that the eggplant is also currently burning down in the midst of an egg shortage as well. Yeah. So if those of you have not seen, there was an egg farm in Bozrah, Connecticut, um, and it is estimated that 100,000 chickens died, which is really sad. So sad. And they do not know the cause of the fire. And I don't know. I actually was was listening to a comedy Thing. And I think, I don't know if it was based on this, but they were like, you know, I'm not saying that you should believe all conspiracy theories, <laughs> but you really think the government's batting a thousand. Like, you think they're never lying to you. <laughs> I was like, this is so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. There just seems to be, I, there just seems I, to be some ironic. strange things happening in the world lately. That make me question a lot. And like officials say it took 100 firefighters and at least 16 different area departments to knock down the flames. Like that ain't no coincidence fire. Right. That's not just like someone forgot to put out their cigarette. Mm -hmm. Nope. That sounds like it has written uh, gasoline all over it. Yes. Or other flames. (laughs) Why do you want to hurt animals? Anyways. Well, you know, these days, like I was saying to you last night on Instagram, everything is being demonized, right? Like red meat is demonized. All protein is now demonized. Stevia is being demonized. Like everything is being demonized. Like we basically just need to go live in a cave and grow our own food. You're going to eat bugs is what you're going to eat. That's what they <laughs> want you to eat. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't. I will not eat crickets. No, thank you. They're like putting it ground up in everything now. They're just throwing it in food. This is, again, why I want you to buy one-ingredient foods, Mm -hmm. everyone listening. Make your own food. I am almost to the point of I'm about to buy a coop of chickens (laughs) and not tell my husband 
and put it in our already small backyard. Yeah. Uh, well, we actually have some space here for it. Yeah. And our neighbors next door, I believe, I mean, they're the geese feeders and the duck feeders and everything, but I also believe that they have a little coop over there. I haven't seen any chickens yet, but I think they're like preparing for it. So I'm not opposed to that. You know, I think workers would have a ton of fun with it. Oh, However, yeah. I will say, A, I don't have a green thumb. And last year we didn't do too great with our first tomato plant. So we might need some training. <laughs> so, I went over to my mom's house. So my parents are in Naples for a few months. So I went over to her house this morning to water her plants. She has 19 plants that I had to water. <laughs> I was like started watering them. And I was like, wait, they're everywhere. Like there are plants everywhere. I was and like, are any of these fake? How many am I supposed, how much water am I supposed to give them? I, you know, I like for sure flooded some of them. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I've successfully only been able to keep two plants alive. One is like, I think you can't actually kill it. So like, I, I think this could survive without. We have a cactus. Cactuses are yeah. like that. Uh, and then my orchid, which you can either get do ice or you can just water like a couple, every couple of weeks. Okay. Um, you know why Marcus won't ever get a goldfish? Because <laughs> it kills my goldfish. I fed him too much and he, he died. Goldfish, how long is goldfish lifespan? It cannot be that long. I think they're only like a couple months. I don't know. This was like a week or two because I kept feeding it. And my mom was like, you don't only need to sprinkle. Oh, you know, never like mind. Little, like, goldfish lifespan averages 10 to 15 years. <laughs> But don't you remember, like, as a kid, you went to the mall and you were so excited to, like, yes. go into the pet stores? And, yes. like, I don't know why we ended up getting this goldfish, but we did. And it was, like, in that just, you know, your fishbowl tank. And um, I yeah. have a feeling Taylor would probably eat it or something. This child. <laughs> she probably just dump the water she, all she over dump, the floor. She dump it all over the floor. She gives zero Fs. So they were jumping on the chair this morning on, like, our big ottoman, not our ottoman, like, our big recliner chair. And Carson's on the front of it and she's on the back. And I'm like, Carson, he's facing me. She's behind him. I was like, Carson, you got to be careful. Taylor's standing up. She just two arms shoves him from behind. <gasps> and I was like, just kidding. Carson, you're the one that needs to be careful because Taylor's a psycho. She is like. She's ruthless. She man. is something. Some little thing inside of her has a little evil spirit. So, I mean, how many times do you just have to like step away and deep breath? Oh before? my God. So many times. There's going to be a lot of times when Nick leaves Friday and is gone for five days and I have the kids solo. Do you have any like neighbors that can help? <laughs> and Nick's parents are leaving right after that too. Like I'm literally going to have no one around. Um, she's just a lot. She basically, and I feel bad because Nick's like, she's a completely different child with you not around. Like she's happy. She doesn't cry. She doesn't like, but when I'm around, she like cries and reaches for me constantly. And so it's just, it's a lot. I can't making dinner at night, doing the dishes, like everything is just her at my hips crying until I pick her up. Oh, so, you know, she's the best, but, um, yeah, I would have a feeling she would be the t one that like would like grab the chicken by the neck and like run around with it. <laughs> she, well, at least is, she would maybe kill it when it gets time. <laughs> for breast. And my other child is like terrified of all animals. It's just so different. Um, oh, so back God. to the eggs. So what we're talking about today is an article that was on the express.co. It's a UK article or, you know, article. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. News, news, article? news area. It's from the UK. Um, and the article is titled blood clots compound found in eggs linked to an enhanced risk of blood clotting. 
Blood clotting is a normal response to injury. This is what it reads. Sometimes, however, it can lead to cramps, pain, and swelling. And if it enters the circulatory system, it can be fatal. In a small study, one popular breakfast food has been linked to the condition. So I'm just going to stop right there and let's let's just teach a little bit mm-hmm. on why you cannot trust headlines. One small study. Who was it backed by? Who was it backed by? How long did they look at things and the effect of things? Typically, most studies, and I'm just going to even take a broader scope here, most all health studies are ran on males. They are ran on healthy males for the most part, and they are not done for long enough periods to create actual substantial evidence of things, in my opinion, most often, most often, because, and we've talked about this, it's hard to get investors to put money towards a study for the next five years, like this study is just going to span for five years and we're going to, we're going to monitor people. They don't do that. So they do studies for usually eight to 12 weeks. They look at immediate effects of drugs or supplementation or whatever it might be. And then they draw conclusions from that. And so when we see this one, I would love a study. This is why you want to look at meta analyses. You want to look at like uh, summaries of many studies you want to look at things that are long-term because they will help you understand a lot better the long-term effects on the body, Yeah, which they typically don't ever do. Yeah. You got to know the source and you know, the, the dangerous thing about social media, because social media is so, it's so beneficial in so many ways for people to connect, find some good content. I will say, I think for example, with Dr. Jolene Brighton and Dr. Brighton from a female hormonal standpoint, people can learn more online these days Uh about their autoimmune condition, endometriosis, PCOS, things like that, because there's so much good being put out. But at the same time, you have these types of situations where people are seeing this as face value. The number one food that I get asked about in terms of cholesterol is eggs. Like I just had the conversation again with someone this morning and I'm like, we cannot blame a one ingredient whole food. The same thing that people demonize red meat. We have to look at what is everything else you know, that you're consuming all of the inflammatory oils, you're going out to eat, you're getting fried foods, you're eating a bunch of processed foods and uh, a lot of sugar. That's where your LDL, your high LDL and, you know, inflammation in the body is coming from. And so it's important to fact check things and know what the the sources are. So, you know, this particular headline, uh, I'm going to read from politifact.com because I appreciate the way that they wrote this and they actually reached out to the clinic that did this research study to kind of fact check it and see what's going on here. Because a big piece behind this headline was also tying it uh, to COVID the CVID, uh, 19. <laughs> you said that under your breath. CVID, yeah. Uh, I can't say the whole word because I think it gets flags, but you guys know what I mean. Um, you know, basically that this is suddenly causing blood clots and, and some of these things are kind of suggesting that the jabs were to blame. <laughs> to change that word as well. Anyway, what they're saying here is that there's nothing sudden about this headline, okay? This is a study was actually done in 2017, which they were referencing three years prior to the pandemic. Um, a site that has previously misspread information known as News Punch published this study um, regarding the blood clot causing eggs in January. Um, so it was uh, published January 24th. Citing a air quote here, new study conducted by Cleveland Clinic. They contacted the clinic, this politifact um 
contacted the clinic, which was sent a statement by the study's authors, and they said that this does not accurately represent the findings of our 2017 research. What they actually found is that taking supplemental choline in a capsule raised trimethylene N-oxide, or TMAO, which increased a risk factor for events such as heart attack or stroke. As the clinic put it in 2017, their press release about the research, they're talking about capsules of choline, a nutrient which is found in egg yolks, red meat, and processed meats, were linked to an increased production of a gut bacteria byproduct that increased the risk of blood clotting events like heart attacks and strokes. But the research did not show a direct link between egg consumption and, air quote here again, suddenly forming blood clots. What's more here is that the clinic said a subsequent study in 2021 by the same researchers found that the simple consumption of eggs did not have the same increased risk. They're comparing this to the capsules of choline again. Um, And so the dietary choline supplements, but not eggs, were the ones to blame for raising the fasting TMAO levels in participants with normal renal function. This is a randomized clinical trial. So they are rating this headline as false. Please eat your eggs. Yep. So there's, and this is tough because, so choline is something that most people don't get enough of. And choline comes from mainly things like red meat, eggs, the egg yolk in particular, liver, some other foods, salmon has it, chicken has it, stuff like that. But it's extremely important too for especially pregnant women. Yes. um, Because when you are pregnant, your body needs actually additional levels of it to help for fetal development. So it you need basically more of it to help with um, the placenta development, the fetal, de- like the brain development of the child. The, f- the mother needs more of it. And choline is typically not in prenatal vitamins. So when I was pregnant, I took additional choline for helping with that. Like I eat eggs on top of that. But as you know, when you are pregnant, you just need more of things. Your body needs more of it because it's not only giving it to you, but it's giving it to baby as well. Um, so we, we need to kind of uh, stop demonizing these foods. I'm not saying that you should be eating endless amounts of saturated fat. I do not think that is necessarily healthy either. Um, everything in moderation. Yes, grass-fed butter, eggs, red meat, all of these things are totally safe to eat. I would say you want to balance them though with white fish and different types of avocado, coconut, different types of fats as well. Um, so there's also a discussion. And like Liz was saying, the chemical, the TMAO chemical researchers try to propose that it re- increases this risk of heart attack or heart disease. So there's another hypothesis that also seems plausible as for why red meat increases the risk of heart disease or egg yolks. It's called the diet heart hypothesis, and we're all very well aware of it, whether you know it or not. It holds that eating cholesterol and saturated fat increase cholesterol levels in the blood, and high cholesterol levels in the blood cause heart disease. And this theory became, unfortunately, very widely accepted, and honestly, few people question it anymore. Like it, I think almost anyone that you ask what causes high cholesterol, people are like red meat and eggs, or you know, saturated fat, or whatever it is. And it's just not true. Like recent research has shown that dietary saturated fat and cholesterol are not associated with heart disease after all. High cholesterol levels in the the blood are not the culprit. And like there's plenty of research that goes to support this. Um, Like do not jump to these rash conclusions because of these headlines that you see. Because I think a lot of people probably see this and they're like, oh, I shouldn't eat eggs. I shouldn't eat red meat. 
and any health headline. And that is why we're doing these, why we are doing these um, no one asked us segments, because we need to be more questioning of what we are getting fed in terms of headlines. Like, ask yourself, truly ask yourself, like, is it the eggs? Is it that single ingredient that you need to avoid? Like, can we please instead back up and look at our lifestyle? Like, are you exercising regularly? Are you drinking adequate water? Are you getting seven to eight hours of sleep every night? Like, are you eating five to six cups of vegetables a day? Like, are you doing other things? Because I promise you, if you are not doing those things, that egg ain't going to be your problem. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can call us conspiracy theorists if you want to. Um, You also have to look at what's happening on the other side of all of, you know, what we're seeing against red meat, against eggs. What's happening on the other side is this very large push for plant-based foods and, uh, I'm totally blanking right now on the name of the burger, the Impossible Burger, yep. right? And that'll be something that we're going to talk about next week with the new um, <laughs> government-funded food pyramid. That'll be a fun one to talk about, saying that Lucky Charms is healthier than steak. I don't think that's what they're actually saying. But there is and there has been, over the course of the last few years, a strong push for plant-based. And a lot of the things that you're seeing with these, they're just fake foods. Like, you cannot ever convince me There's a difference between an impossible burger and doing like a black bean burger from a vegetarian. I have some friends that are vegetarian and they Mm -hmm. do it very, very well and they're very healthy. Cholesterol levels are very good. Uh, Blood sugar is good. They're very healthy individuals, but they do their part to eat one ingredient, whole foods that are very nourishing and then fill the gaps with the proper supplements um, because they are missing a lot of the amino acids, some vitamins and things without animal sources of protein. And so it just, you know, we have to use our brains here. We have to use common sense. Like all of a sudden, you know, a few months ago, all those cows died. And now we have the eggplant that has been lit on fire, essentially. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, a large push forward for buy our fake foods that the food industry is producing. Lots of processed junk in there, lots of fillers, non-nutritional, I would say. Um, and, and who benefits from that? I'll let you guys decide what you think. I'm not going to share. You can guess uh, my opinion on that. But who benefits from this? And it's a cycle. And so we have to wake up to some of these things and realize that there are many other things that we should focus on before we ever demonize a one-ingredient whole food. Mm-hmm. Do you guys? Do you know who is one of the largest investors in plant-based living? Mm-hmm. Bill Gates. I'm just going to say it. It's Bill Gates. Okay. You don't need... I mean, like, th- you guys, they have their hand in the pot and we just can't, you you need to question these things like why do you think that they are pushing for plant-based living you guys plant-based so there's a lot of research around um people that are plant-based being healthier mm-hmm. and early studies did suggest that this was true but later better controlled studies did not and what i mean by controlling studies is like studies can be poorly designed so you, when you don't account for, especially ep- epidemiology studies, which is basically health food-based studies, when you do not address the fact of like, are they smokers? Are they drinkers? Are they exercisers? Like you're basically just putting all vegetarians in one bucket and all non-vegetarians in another bucket. Vegetarians tend to be people that are more health conscious in other areas. 
I'm not saying that vegetarianism is healthier. I'm saying that people that choose to be vegetarians also typically exercise. They typically drink a lot of water. Like they're typically doing other things that are making their health better, not necessarily removing meat. And then when you don't control for those things for the general population that are eating meat, well, then that includes a bunch of people that are smoking, that are drinking, that are not sleeping, that are stressed. Like that is what we need to consider because most studies are not that well designed. They are not because it's it's hard to control that many things. It's really hard to control that many factors of someone's life in a study. And that is why although I definitely find value in research, I'm not saying that research is not beneficial. I will take experience and real world application all day any day. I want someone, like for example, I want someone that has been through things, that has utilized certain different medications or supplements. That, like, I want people that have worked with people, that have seen success with people to be telling me what to do. I do not want someone that sat in a classroom and learned or maybe is getting told medication or supplement protocols from someone else and has never actually applied them or seen the application long term with people. Like, I want real life experience. And that is what we do with our clients, obviously, like I'm not putting people on protocols that are not tried and true protocols. Like we aren't using supplements that we don't know anything about or haven't seen progress. Like that is, that is where you need to question. If someone is telling you to do something, if you are reading something, always pause and be like, I wonder where this is coming from. I wonder who paid for this research. Mm -hmm. I wonder what their ulterior motive of this is. And we've talked about this too on a, on a previous episode recently on supplements and quality of supplements and who typically pays for research around those supplements. You need to find people that are third-party tested because the third party that's testing for things has no interest in their success or not. So if the only people that are funding their research is the company itself, I would dare to say they have invested interest in their stuff showing up well on research mm -hmm. and they can absolutely throw out research if it doesn't benefit yep. them they don't have to show you that they'll cherry pick it mm -hmm. that's the thing <laughs> and that's why you're looking at meta-analysis you know yeah so that you're avoiding these cherry picking and if it's funded by a company we've seen this enough through covid right <laughs> if it's funded by a company they're going to make it the outcome be what they want the outcome to be mm -hmm. so here's the thing I wouldn't recommend eating a dozen eggs a day. Right. If you're eating two eggs a day or so, that gives you about your daily need for choline. Mm -hmm. And so unless you are not, you know, make sure you are not consuming three to five eggs a day, a ton of red meat every day, like make sure you're balancing all of these things, you will be fine. You want diversity in your you diet. You want diversity. Right. Um, in different seasons and in certain situations when you are not maybe absorbing things as well, sure, you might need more, right? You might need to ingest more because you're not fully digesting and absorbing what you are eating. So in that case, we can make the argument, okay, maybe three eggs you know, a day or mm -hmm. red meat a few times a week, all of those things. But at the end of the day, you want a diverse intake here. And then I think this goes without saying, don't eat things that make you feel like crap, yes. right? If you're not I mean, especially when somebody has low stomach acid in the case of like red meat, uh, they may not feel as well um, or they might have a, a beef sensitivity for a period of time. And that's not a food issue. It's a function issue. Uh, and so that's why we are always looking at what's going on 
internally? Is there, you know, insufficiency of the ability to break down, digest, and properly absorb food? Are you eating like a jerk and you're not chewing your food well? And so you're placing, you know, a lot of stress on your digestive system because you're swallowing large particles of food, right? You got to do your part in the digestive process too. Um, but when we're looking internally, so there could be an insufficiency pattern here. There could be a dysbiosis pattern where we have overgrowth, bacteria that are stealing nutrients from you, causing a lot of inflammation, right? Hurting your immune system. So there's a variety of things, but we can never just demonize the food. And like somebody asked me the other day on Instagram, like, well, this thing helped me um, or sorry, well, this, I was about prunes. Well, prunes cause me to gain weight. And my comment back was, there's not one particular food out there that's going to be the culprit for you gaining weight or losing weight. Mm-hmm. It's not ever just one thing. You're looking at the broad uh, picture and your overall consumption of food and how your body is functioning. And I thought that I would just, we can round this out um, a little bit here before you know we wrap up explain a little bit about when we're saying, you know, from a functional root cause perspective, what the heck does that mean? So Beck and I are both functional practitioners. Functional medicine is looking at the 12 different systems in the body and how they interact and interplay with each other, because that is what creates your experience day to day, how good you feel, how well you move, right? All of those things are part of the functionality of the body and how those functions come together and how they work is what you're going to experience. And that's what we look at in terms of all of these symptoms, right? And so we're looking at the 12 different systems in the body, but then we're also looking at what's our mineral balance, right? If someone's really, really stressed, They're probably not really balanced uh, in their minerals, right? We're looking at vitamin deficiencies. Again, we go back to the gut and insufficiencies here or maybe needing some support to properly absorb your food. It's one thing to digest or ingest food. It's another thing to digest it. And then we're looking at our fatty acids um, as well. And in this case is what we're kind of talking about today. Many people shy away from things because they're worried about cholesterol or they're worried about too much fat. We need good fatty acids to function well, to have happy hormones. Um, And so again, our functional approach is looking at all of these 15 things, the 15 systems, and then those three other categories, rather than just looking at one thing in isolation. We never look at things in a vacuum. Um, And so hopefully that is helpful for you guys to understand when we talk about root cause, when we talk about what you know, it means to be a functional practitioner and how we differ from conventional medicine or macro coaches or calorie calculators and stuff like that. Uh, We want to really make sure that we are helping the individual have a a good, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Vibrant life, right? Mm -hmm. You feel good day to day. And we're never just looking at, oh, you have a thyroid issue. Let's work on your thyroid, right? We're looking at how all of these systems in the body interplay with each other. So just a reminder for you guys today, if you have not done so, um, please rate, review, share the show. If you thought this was helpful, if you like what we're doing here on the food code, uh, that is one way that you can pay your dues and help us grow. Um, And as always, if you have questions, you want to submit to us case studies, things that you want us to do live on air, uh, you can go to fitmomlife.com backslash ask and submit your questions there. Have a great Wednesday. We'll be back on Friday. Hey, hey, hey.